0: Welcome to this podcast from Christchurch London. For more information and resources, please go to christchurchlondon.org. great to be here this morning. I just snuck in and as Liam was mentioning about lunch, so we will be going for lunch after the service, which would be lovely if you are free. Liam said that we will be taking you for lunch. That is very physical. We will walk together. I would love to buy everyone lunch and maybe one day I will, but today we'll be going together and paying for ourselves. (laughs) But uh, please do come if you can. It would be amazing to hang out together. Um, But I wonder if you have ever prepared For a physical challenge or an adventure, you will know that as well as training and getting your body ready, you want to make sure that you are wearing the best equipment, the best shoes, the best clothes. We've seen it if you've been watching the Olympics. We know what has gone in to make sure that all those athletes are wearing the best outfit. And if we're anything like probably not anything like them, but if we want to undertake our challenge, we will read reviews, we'll ask questions, we'll test things out. We want to be wearing what will set us up to win. We don't want to be wearing what will hinder us or hold us back or wear us out unnecessarily. We don't want to be wearing what will entangle us. If I turned up to your wedding in my mountain climbing gear, you'd probably think I was a little out there. But if I turned up to climb Mount Everest with you in a wedding dress, you'd probably take me to one side and say, Joe, do you have any idea what we are about to do here? Do you have any idea what we are involved in? Do you realize that wearing this is going to cause you to stumble? It might get snagged and you're taken out quickly without even realizing it. You might get held back from everybody else. You might just use up all your energy trying to keep the dress out of the way and you're actually not able to give yourself to what you're here for. And throughout the Bible, we are given lots of images about life, and quite a lot of them are sporting images. And there's one that we're given in the book of Hebrews in the Bible about a race, and it says this is going to come up on the screens behind it. It says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance The race set out before us with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And what is this image talking about? It's talking about what we wear in life, what we wear where our hearts and our minds are lived, What hinders us? And for some of us, it will be different things. For some of us, it might be guilt that we are carrying. Things have been resolved, but we are still carrying the guilt. It might be shame because we just cannot let go of what has happened before. It might be regret as we keep on looking to the past. Whatever it might be, it is hindering us. There is also mention of sin that will entangle us. Pride and greed and selfishness and injustice, whatever it may be, it is saying it will hinder and it will entangle us. Throw it off. That is not what you have been given to live life fully. And we're talking about an image today. And as we're thinking about these images, we're not talking about what we're physically dressed in. You can't see what I'm physically dressed. Well, you can't see what I'm physically wearing, (laughs) but you can't see what I live my life in, where my thoughts are lived, or what my heart is clothed in. But if you spend time with me long enough, you'll get to know by the way that I talk, by the way that I respond to situations, where I get my sense of self-worth from, how I understand the world, how I respond to circumstances, you will know what I am clothed in. And we are looking today at our best outfit for life. So if we have been told what not to wear, if we have been told to throw off what hinders and entangles us, what have we been given to wear? What have we been given to clothe our lives in so that we live life well? And by that, I mean as our truest and freest selves, alive, in love, and purpose. Well, it's an image that we're given in the book of Ephesians written by Paul. And it's an image of of a Roman soldier. And he says that what we have been given is what has come and has been called as the armor of God. And when Paul wrote this passage in Ephesians, he was probably shackled to a Roman soldier because he was imprisoned for his faith. So you can imagine him taking what was around and using it as an image for life and for faith. And this is what he says. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And if you weren't here last week, Liam did a really amazing, powerful talk on this passage in general and on the enemy that is mentioned here. And I would really encourage you to go to our church website and listen to it. It will set up this series and it will also just bring encouragement and power for life in general. And we are going to look today at two parts of this armor specifically. We're going to look at the belt of truth and the helmet of salvation. And it says here, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And in other passages, it says, gird yourself with truth, which is not a word that we use very often these days. But this all means surround yourself with truth, secure yourself in truth. Be held together in truth. And we live in a relative age where we are each working out our own truth. And we are faced every day with what we will believe to be true through social media or instant news stories or whatever it may be. We are responding to situations by the truth that we choose to filter them through. And at some point, as well as these individual stories, we'll probably think about what we hold to be true about life itself. And I'm also guessing, given that we're all sat here in church, We have also considered the claims of Jesus and we have decided whether they will either be true or we will reject them as truth. And if we haven't come to that decision, maybe that's why we're here this morning. Because we want to find out more about these claims to make our own decision. Because Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth and the life. And so in this image of the armor of God, the belt of truth is talking about Jesus. It's saying strengthen yourself in Jesus. He is the truth. Surround yourself in all that he is, all that he has done, and all that he will do. Secure yourself in him. It says in um, throughout the Bible, who Jesus is. So when we're talking about wearing him, we're talking about wearing his love for us. We're talking about living in the freedom that he gives that is a freedom like no other. We're talking about peace that goes beyond understanding. If we find ourselves in situations in life that go beyond our understanding, there is a peace that goes above and beyond that. We're talking about living in his hope that anchors and steadies us. We're talking about living in the power of his death and his resurrection to bring us all life. He is truth that applies to and changes our lives. He is applied truth. And there is part of the Roman soldier's belt that Lars will be talking a bit more specifically about in a few weeks. But there was part of the Roman soldier's belt that was there to carry their sword. And in this image, the sword is given as an image of the Bible, the Word of God. And the truth that we discover about Jesus is all held in the Bible. That is where we learn of who he is. And so when we talk about wearing the belt of truth, we're talking about carrying the sword, carrying the word of God in our life, carrying the presence of Jesus in our life, carrying his words into tomorrow. When we arrive in work and we're in a difficult meeting and we're faced with choices that we can make, what truth do I live by? How does Jesus' truth affect me in this situation? When we're with our families later on in the week and we're faced also maybe with situations or challenges or decisions to be made, what truth does Jesus have to say about this situation? When we're listening to a friend who is maybe sharing some of their heartache, what truth do I carry into this situation? It is truth that we carry and live with. And it brings us wisdom and guidance. But it's not simply a moral compass. It is also truth that comes alive in our lives. And for the last 11 years or so, confidence has been one of the struggles of my life or lack of, actually, and it has been something that I have tried to work through, and as I look back, I have seen that a lack of confidence has actually held me back. There has been opportunities that I have been offered, and instead of stepping into, I stepped back from because I didn't have the confidence for it. I've been in meetings where I have not said a word because I didn't have the confidence that what I had to say was actually worthwhile. And there has been other situations where because of my lack of confidence in these areas, I have not being free. And people around me, Lars has been one of them who said, fill your space, Joe. Come on. I've been told to woman up, <laughs> like live confident. And something just, I have like been working on this and something broke um, and shifted at the beginning of January. And I was waiting, it was early one morning. I was waiting for a call because I'm a supply teacher on some days. So I was waiting to see if I was going to get the call. And um, And as I was waiting, I was watching a YouTube video of a 20-year-old who inspired and challenged and encouraged me. And she was being interviewed, As she said that she had struggled with confidence in her life as well. And she had a dream where a famous, in Christian circles... um, Bible teacher from America had appeared to her in her dream. And this Bible teacher in her dream had said to her, you need to go through the Bible and you need to find your story in this story. And I thought, that is what I am going to do. And so since the beginning of January, I have been started at the beginning of the Bible from Genesis. Now, I love the Bible. I have loved the Bible. And there has been some days when I have read the Bible and I have thought, Oh, this is amazing. And it's felt so good, and I have known the power of it in my life. And there has also been days when I've read it and thought, job done. <laughs> That's it. So it's not like I am in this constant um, stayed. But since January, as I started in the book, I have been reading it before I go to work. In my lunch hour, I've been going out for coffee on my own when I get in from work. Saturday afternoons, I've just been reading it. And I have found my story in this story as I've read of Moses and of Gideon and of Deborah and of Esther, as of, of Isaiah, of Mary in the New Testament, of other men and women in the Bible who didn't have it all together, who weren't all sorted and perfect, who weren't necessarily the obvious choice, who weren't the best pick, but because God spoke to them and said, I am with you. The plans that I have for you, I am with you. And I have good dreams for you. And as they have trusted him, they have seen those dreams come to unfold. I have actually identified with these people and thought, I join generations of generations of men and women throughout history who as the truth of the Bible has come alive in their lives and their hearts. They have known a healing and a Freedom and a purpose that I am also beginning to encounter. The truth has come alive in my heart and it is amazing. It is a live story, but it is amazing. We carry the truth and we live lives that are truthful. And there is one amazing truth that is woven throughout the story of the Bible, the pages of the Bible, and it is summed up in John 3:16. And it says this in John 3:16. It says, God didn't send his son Jesus to condemn the world. He didn't give his son Jesus to condemn us, but to save us. Jesus was given to save us. This is salvation. Jesus was given to save us, to bring justice, to heal the broken-hearted, to comfort those who mourn, to forgive eternally, to offer a love that we can't comprehend but to, can experience, to overcome the enemy, to make a way for us to have friendship with God and good friendships with each other. That is salvation. Salvation is all that Jesus is, all that he has done and all that he will do. And you might be hearing this and you might think, I would like to take the helmet of salvation for the first time. I would like to choose to believe that what Jesus says about himself is true. And if you would love to do that this morning, we would love to talk about that a little bit more at the end of that talk. And in this book, as Paul writes, he was actually writing to a church. He was writing this passage to a church. He was writing to people who had already believed and believed that what Jesus said was true. And so he was saying to them also, take the helmet. So it is us, we wear the helmet daily. Take the helmet. Take the helmet the helmet. And taking the helmet looks like a verse from Romans 12, where it says, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's salvation, in response to salvation, don't just be conformed to the culture around you without even thinking about it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is what salvation does. Excuse me. If there is an area that the enemy that is mentioned here loves to attack, it's here. How many of us know that so much is won or lost here? It's often referred to as the battlefield of the mind. It is critical what happens here. Now, I have just moved house from Kennington to Bermondsey. And if you've just arrived in London or you've just moved house to, you will know that what we often spend time doing when we're in a new place is working out how to get from one part of London to another part of London. And this is what I have been doing the last couple of weeks as I go on the days that I go into the church office from um, it's in Parsons Green. So I had a great little route when I lived in Kennington, but I've been working out my new route as I go from Kennington to Bermondsey. And so I've been thinking, okay, this time, I'm gonna walk this way, then I'm gonna get a train, and then I'm gonna walk this way. And as I first sat out on the first day, I had my map, you know, I kept checking it. Okay, oh, it's taken me this long to get here. It's taken me this long to get here. I'm just going to check the times of the trains again. I know I checked them about three times, but I'm still just going to check, make sure it's on time, see how it's going. And I was checking out the best way. I was very conscious and mindful of what I was doing to get me to the office And as I was coming home that night, I did the walk that I normally did, and then I got on the train. And when we got to the stop that I normally would have got off at, I stood up and I waited at the doors, and I was thinking about other things, and I suddenly thought, I don't get off here anymore. (laughs) Retreat and sit back down. (laughs) And I waited, and then I got off at the stop that I actually did need to get off at. I needed to pay attention. I needed to stay focused. It was a new route for me. And you've probably heard or you may have heard that the mind has often been described as neural pathways. Our mind is made up of neural pathways, which means that when we are faced with an event, neurons are fired in our mind that give us the reaction, the emotion, the response. And as these neurons are fired together, they create pathways. So if we arrive at the tube tomorrow morning and it's really busy, it's Monday morning, it's the Northern Line and it's busy. We're like, too many people, angry, don't like this. And we've, we begin here, here's our tube journey, it's too many people and we're angry. We've started a pathway. We then head to the coffee shop. Everyone's queuing up. There's too many people. No one knows what they want. I'm angry. They're taking up my time and our pathway to this anger gets strengthened. So then maybe we think, oh, I'll just walk for a little bit, get some fresh air. There's too many people. Everyone's taking photos. Why can't anyone move out of my way? And all of a sudden, our single response to a single situation isn't just a unique reaction. It's become a habit. We've created a pathway of whenever we're in busyness, there's too many people, there's too much going on, we're angry. That is the pathway that we have made. And when we're talking about transforming our minds, renewing our minds, it's as if we're setting out on this journey from one place to another for the first time. We'll be more conscious if we want to start applying the truth of the Bible. So when the lies of the enemy come and they whisper, you can't, you won't, you never will, you're always going to be disappointed, nothing is ever going to change for you, nothing is ever going to change for your family. Whatever it might be that the lies of the enemy, as soon as we hear those lies, it could be our natural response to go one way. As we are renewing our mind with truth, at first... It will be more conscious. At first, we're gonna have to pay attention. At first, we're gonna have to consciously think this way. So we create new pathways and the old ones begin to grow over. It might be that at first we're doing it, we stand up and we just wanna get off. We get off where we used to get off. We go to where is comfortable and it is a decision to stay on and continue. And as we do, our mind is renewed and we are transformed. It is scientific discovery. And it is truth in the Bible that salvation transforms the way that we think, the way that we create, the way that we see and interpret and understand the world, the way that we respond. Wear the helmet of salvation. Be transformed. Protect and guard your thoughts. Grow in wisdom and insight and understanding. And it says in our passage Put on the full armor so that you're ready. It doesn't say, hey, just chill out and wait. If you encounter anything difficult, put on your armor. It says, put it on so you're ready. We don't see the soldiers heading out onto the battlefield, the Roman soldiers or any other soldier heading out the you know, whatever they do to get ready. I don't know. I don't think they do that. <laughs> But we don't see them head out onto the battlefield and suddenly say, hang on, enemy, just two seconds. We're just going to put our armor on and then we will be right with you. They do not do that. They put on their armor so that they are ready. Put on the armor of God so that you are ready. Take the helmet of salvation. Secure yourself with the belt of truth buckled around the way so that we are not taken out and blindsided by the enemy, but we are ready. You will have heard um, me share some of the story of my sister over the last few years. And for those of you who don't know, she has been through, um, the, over the last couple of years, just what has been one of the most painful, well, the most painful time of her life. And she said recently, as she was just faced with total loss and grief and devastation, that she asked herself the questions, What have I been thinking? What do I pray? What do I listen to? What truth do I meditate on? And she said that all the truths that I heard in the good times came alive in new ways through this difficult times. And she says, when I was rejected, I remembered, God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. When I felt alone and I was scared of the day and couldn't sleep at night, I remembered, God said that he watches over me as I sleep. When, excuse me, when my future looked empty, I remembered that God said he had plans to prosper me and not to harm me. When I didn't know what to do next, I remembered that God said that those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. When I didn't even know what I needed, I remembered God said that he will provide all that I need. When I felt so weak and like I couldn't do anything, I remembered that God said his strength is made perfect in our weakness. She put on her helmet, she's had on her helmet of salvation. She wore the belt of truth, which meant she was able to stand her ground, as it says here. Stand our ground, stand our ground. And as we put on our own armor, we are able to then come alongside one another and help one another stand our ground because we will face challenge and difficulty. We don't need to wonder what the enemy is like that is mentioned in these verses. We're told exactly who he is and what he's like. We're told in John ten ten that he's a liar And that he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And we will feel that through grief and through loss and through rejection and through sickness and through war and through injustice and through suffering and through the greed of others. We will feel that that Jesus said the enemy does. But the verse doesn't end with him. It ends with Jesus. The verse has a but The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but, says Jesus, I have come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. We have not been given the armor to huddle away and to hide and to just get together and to live afraid and with one eye open until it's all over. We have been given the armor to stand, to stand our ground. Strong and courageous in the power and the strength that he gives us. And I love that Paul used the image of a Roman soldier because he has taken this very image of oppression and domination and force of the time. And he has turned it on its head because the Jews and the early Christians, they were, well, the Jews, they were waiting for one who would come and free them from the Roman forces. And what they didn't realize was that's exactly what Jesus did. But he didn't come as a human being to fight human against human, to simply overthrow the Romans. He didn't come to defeat the enemy in for one people group In one fixed period of time, he came so that through his life of service and surrender and sacrifice, his death and resurrection, he overcame the rulers and the spiritual authorities and evil in heavenly realms once and for all for everyone everywhere. He is truth that we can live in. And it says in the Bible that it was done. It was done and he he has defeated the power of the enemy. And it also says that we are waiting for him to come again when we will live in the fullness of it. He says there is a day coming when there will be a new heaven and a new earth and there will be no more sickness, no more suffering, no more death. And as we wait, We know the power that we live in. We look ahead, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and we wait on active duty. We wait as the church on active duty. We don't wait afraid. We wait aware of the story that we are alive in, aware of exactly what we have turned up to. We are aware of the life that we are living, which means that we're able to live as the church in all that he has done for us, which is basically the armor of God, working and living to overcome evil with good. We live as the church to be peacemakers in our communities and our families. We live as the church to work for freedom and justice and love and life. We live as the church to come alongside those who mourn, to comfort, to bring healing and restoration. We know what we're about. We see good and we join in with it. We see beauty and we cultivate it. We see joy and we live in it. That is what our armor is for And I wonder if the band would love to come back. We are going to sing together now about the beauty and the power and the wonder of the name of Jesus. And it says that there is no name like his. He has no rival and no equal. And I wonder if you might feel a little bit or a lot like we spoke about at the beginning. Maybe you feel like you've turned up to climb Everest in a wedding dress or whatever other image works for you. I don't know, but you are actually running through life or stumbling or walking slowly through life in what is hindering and entangling you. And you think, I do not want to live in this anymore. This is not what we have been given to live in. And I can I encourage you that if you are feeling like that, take the first brave step. For some of us, that might be opening up in conversation for the first time. For some of us, that might be asking someone to come for a coffee with us so we can unpack this a little bit deeper. For some of us, it might be joining the steps course. I've done it. It's amazing. For some of us, it might be joining a connect group for the first time to be with others who will strengthen and encourage us weekly. For some of us, it might mean taking the helmet of salvation for the first time. Saying that as I throw off, we don't do one thing and then take the other. It's the armor that helps us to throw off the weight and the sin that so easily entangles. But we can make an exchange. And if we are in the process, keep going. But if we want to take the helmet of salvation... For the first time, we would love to pray with you as you sing this song. You might want to sing it as your response. It might be the first time that you have sang, your name is higher. There is no rival. There is no equal to your name. It might be your declaration of what you are choosing to believe this morning. That you are choosing to say, I will live with the truth of Jesus buckled around my life. And I will live alive in the life that he has come to give. And if that is you, maybe you want to tell someone that you've come with or we will have a prayer team or me or Liam or Lars or anyone, come and chat to us just so that we can, we're not meant to do it on our own, <laughs> so that we can cheer one another and encourage one another on. And if we have already made that decision, it says here to the church, take the helmet of salvation. And so as we sing this song, let's sing again our salvation. Let's sing again our truth. Let's sing it where we might be facing difficulty and challenges. Sing it over those areas and allow the truth of Jesus to come alive in our hearts. Thank you for listening. For more information or for further podcasts and downloads, please visit ChristChurchLondon.org.